Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to the Shit Talk Podcast. This is Liz Broder. It's Memorial Day, Monday. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. This, for New Yorkers, is like the weekend. This is like summer is starting. We made it through. All good things ahead. Summer Fridays. People don't go into work. I don't know. It's exciting. I started Shit Talk on November 21st. 2022. So it's like 27 weeks ago. And in episode two, my second episode, I talked about how to maintain wellness routines through the winter. And I used Memorial Day weekend as the light at the end of the tunnel to help you stay on track with goals through your winter, the entire depressing, cold, dark, long winter. And it was like, okay, let's set a goal, smaller milestone dates, but the final end goal, end game day was Memorial Day weekend. So here we are, 27 weeks weeks later, and I have to say that kind of flew. If you lost one pound per week since November 21st, that's 27 pounds. And that's what I was talking about in my second episode of whatever your goal is, whether it's a workout goal, a weight goal, something with your routines and your habits, whatever it is, you know, one pound a week while people get discouraged, they think, oh, that's not a lot. Slow and steady and consistency really does win the race. Because if you look back at this point, that would be 27 pounds. So I do understand as a dietitian, the frustration that people see with slower progress, but we really do need a mindset mindset shift. Because instead of seeing it as, you know, one pound per week, oh my God, that's nothing. Here we are 27 weeks later, that's almost 30 pounds off. If someone commits to their goals, commits to their routines, they're excited for the slow steady progress, whether that be, you know, half a pound a week, the one pound per week, they'd have a lot to celebrate right now. So again, I do have an episode about instant gratification that has a lot to do with it too, but slow and steady, shift that mindset. Sometimes too, sacrifices do need to be made if we have goals that require them. I'm sorry to be the one to have to say it, but that's the truth. Some it's not always fun and games sometimes when you're working for something. You you need to make sacrifices. Goals, getting to where you want to be in any regard. It's often hard work. It's not always fun and easy and yeah, you know, it requires discipline, it requires sacrifice, it requires focus. And sometimes it does require choosing the less fun or less delicious option. And that doesn't mean you should be living in deprivation or constantly feeling unsatisfied. But really what I talk about a lot on this podcast is the goal is really you have to shift your mindset. And especially when it comes to like unhealthy things, like what is the reward value placed on these items? I work with people a lot on that, especially in regards to like different behaviors, whether they're binge drinking, whether they're, you know, eating cake every day, an unhealthy food, dessert, whatever it is. What is the reward value placed on these items? Why have you assigned them this reward value? You need to reflect. Everything requires some reflection. I hate to say everything in moderation because like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, it, it makes sense in theory, but then it's like, what is it? How do you apply it? What does it mean? But Reflection is necessary because for some people, there are some things better off eliminated entirely. There's some things that work once in a while, some things you can have regularly, but you know, portioned out, some things in your life you only have seasonally. This looks different for everyone. So 
figuring out what works for you. If there's something you need to eliminate from your wellness routine or something you need to add, that's different for everyone. One thing I do like to remind people is restriction often leads to binging. So if we can allow things in moderation so we don't feel deprived, we are much less likely to binge. So that's my little like side rant about goals and habits. And sometimes we do have to make sacrifices. But to any of you following along from the beginning, we made it. Here we are. It's Memorial Day weekend. Congratulations. I hope you hit your goal or are feeling good about your winter routines because we made it through the winter. Here we are. Light at the end of the tunnel. It's here. It's summer. Now what? Today on Shit Talk, I'm talking about how to maintain this progress that you made through the winter and how to be able to celebrate in summer and have fun without compromising all your hard work and perhaps the goals you're still working towards. So what I my the question I'm posing is how do you stay on track while we're running around like nut jobs, chugging Aperol spritzes and rosé, downing burgers, gobbling up soft serve, and all the things that signify summer? How do you stay on track with all that? Maybe that's just me doing that. I'm just kidding. I don't chug Aperol spritzes. I just, you know, I drink them often. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. How do you have fun, indulge in all the things that signify summer, but not compromise your progress or not feel like total shit? How do you not let all your wellness routines fall to the wayside? In summer, you know, things change. We travel a lot more. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do. I discuss travelers, diarrhea, constipation, maintaining regularity while traveling. So we travel a lot more, which means we're off of our routines a lot more. We're socializing more. We're outside. I like to say in general, we're thriving. I'm in my bike shorts and we all know when Liz is in her bike shorts, I'm steamrolling over everyone during my all business walks. I did those in the winter too, but I'm not wearing bike shorts. It's way more fun in bike shorts. But anyway, I think it's really important to evaluate your summer right now with what you have planned. We're at the head of summer. Think about for you, what usually falls to the wayside during summer or what do you struggle with and set a goal. Given your upcoming summer, where do you feel you need to focus extra attention to stay on track with your health and wellness? So reflect on what historically causes problems for you or gets in the way of you staying on track during the summer months, whether it be alcohol, an increased amount of travel and disrupted routines, bad sleep, more sugar, more socializing, like whatever it is, reflect. And then that way you're going into summer knowing this is what typically trips me up. Here's my game plan. I'm going to do my best not to let it trip me up this summer and see how you do. So that's really what today's episode is about. I have some top tips and areas to pay attention to in the coming, in the summer months that are upcoming. So here we go. Hang on to your hat. I've got eight things to pay attention to, things to make note of and how to approach them so that you can celebrate and enjoy summer and stay on track without compromising your goals. So my first point is about making choices that are in line with your values and going to actually support your goals. Now, we all know this is easier said than done. Thank you for nothing, Liz Broder. Sorry, I had to say it though because it's important. So one thing I can say, I do have an episode more on this. If you want to go back and listen, it's with my dear friend, Dr. Molly. 
She is a clinical psychologist and she delves into how to differentiate differentiate values from goals and how to understand how values can support you in sticking to your goals. So I'm not going to get super into that. Listen to that episode if you want like the words from a clinical psychologist. But to me, like an example, like before building your plate, ask yourself, is this macaroni salad? Is this burger? Is this salad? Whatever it is you're choosing going to support me and my health goals right now. If the answer is no, say, is it worth it? If it's worth it to you, eat it and enjoy it. I would say limit this to one thing that is not going to support your goals, whether it be the ice cream sundae, the huge cheeseburger, a a big um, glass of sugary frosé, whatever it is. Pick one and enjoy it. Make sure the rest of your plate supports you. So, of course, right now I'm doing, you know, a food and beverage Example. It may not be food and beverage related, but the point is summertime, all sorts of things are thrown at us. It's easy to kind of deviate from your routine or say, fuck it, throw caution to the wind. And I'm saying, keep in mind trying to make choices that are in line with your values. And these are what are what's going to help support your goals. So that said, if you are at a party, if you are making less healthy choices, my point is Allow yourself one thing that perhaps is not in line with your values and goals, something that's not going to support your goals because you can't, it's hard to go to like a summer barbecue and you're like, nope, I'm not drinking. I'm not eating ice cream. I'm not having anything red meat. I'm not having anything off the grill. Like you got to allow something. You've got to live. And that's why earlier in the episode I talked about, you know, restriction and how it can lead to binging. So you want to always make choices that are in line with your values that are going to support your goals in a perfect world. Great. But in summer and socialization, allow yourself one. Go in, evaluate what's going on. Is it that you're going to want to drink a little more? Does the dessert bar look really good? Does that cheeseburger look amazing? Pick one thing. Allow yourself to have it. Enjoy it. You know it's not going to support your goals, but the rest of what you're doing is healthy and in line with your goals and your values. So fine. And move on. Have fun. Move on. But that's my first point. Understanding how your values actually do support your goals is important. So know that before going into a social scenario or a trip or whatever where you feel, you know, you may have to deviate from routines. And that can help you just figure out where you're going to allow yourself to deviate and where you're going to hold yourself accountable. My next point is starting your days off strong. And I know I've talked about this in other episodes, but this especially for summer. If you know you have a wild day of fun in the sun ahead of you, wake up, hydrate, get that morning workout in. Check these things off first thing so they're taken care of. Start the day off hydrated because you know between the heat and the sun, and if you're drinking especially, you're going to be dehydrating much faster. We also know there's no way in hell you're working out after a hot day at the pool, at the beach, whatever. So get your workout done. Get that shit behind you. Also, morning water and movement are going to support regularity and a bowel movement. We all know how much I love those. So especially if you're going to be gallivanting around in a swimsuit, you don't want to feel backed up and constipated and bloated. You want to feel like I pooped. I feel trim. I look good. I'm comfortable. Start your days strong. Start your days hydrating. Start your days off. Get that workout in. Take care of whatever business needs to be taken care of. Don't wait. Don't push it off. Oh, I'll do it after. I'll do it. No. You know you're not going out to socialize or go to some summer fun or some event or whatever in the heat, most likely with alcohol, and then coming home and doing a fitness class. Like, you're just not going to do it. So 
Start your day strong. Cement those healthy decisions earlier on. That's the other thing. When you start your day off strong, you're much more likely to continue making healthy decisions throughout the day that support your goals and support the healthier routines you're trying to do. That is anyone, I think any human being who pays attention, if you wake up and you work out first thing versus someone who just starts the routine, you know, they don't work out. They don't do anything particularly healthy that day. The person who works out typically has a healthier day. They make healthier food choices. They start off hydrating. They're doing things more in line with everything that's going to support their health and wellness. And this is not like a proven fact, but in my opinion, like I can tell you my psyche with that. When I wake up, most days I wake up, I work out first thing. When I wake up and work out first thing, I already feel like I'm healthy. I feel good. I'm being productive. This is great. The rest of the day, I want to continue making decisions that are not going to, you know, and this is dumb, but in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to undo the effort. I don't want to start, you know, working against all the hard work I've already done today. So that's oftentimes, whether you're, it's framed like that in your head or not, but that's oftentimes why we wake up, we do something healthy, we're much more likely to continue making healthy decisions that day versus you don't start your day off strong. Maybe I'll work out later. I don't know. I'm going to this party. It's like, why bother? Why start being healthy now? You haven't been healthy since yesterday. I don't need to start now. Who cares? When you start your day off strong, you're much more likely to keep that going. It's motivating. You feel good and you want to keep on that track. So that's really important, especially for summer and not compromising your goals. My next point is about seasonality and how schedules can change. So this sounds dumb, but we oftentimes do need the reminder. I have found that my routines personally change with the seasons between sunlight, your sleep schedule, what I'm eating more or less of, my activity levels, whatever. It's okay to reevaluate reevaluate what you're doing and make some shifts to accommodate summer. So for example, like it's easier to wake up in summer for a lot of people. I personally wake up naturally, no alarms, 6 a.m. I'm wide awake. It's lighter earlier. So why not add in that morning workout or workout earlier than usual? Your body can take it, I promise. Try it out. Now's the time to try it. Establish a routine that works for the season so you know you're making the most of your day. Your winter schedule, I'm sure, is great and works for winter, but you're probably not optimizing your time because we have a lot more time in the summer with the light factor. So that's oftentimes why I explain to people, let's shift. Let's do the warm weather routine or the summer routine. It's easier to wake up. People oftentimes wake up earlier, more naturally. And you can get things done that perhaps you were not as motivated or not able to get done in the winter with the shorter days. Another example is foods we eat. So in summer, for example, like I tend to eat colder, lighter foods, a lot of salad. I avoid like the heavy, hot foods. And this is fine. Just make sure you're getting the nutrients you need. You're having protein in your salad. Like for me, for example, I do a lot of smoothies, protein smoothies, protein shakes, whatever you want to call them, in the warmer months, I always make sure, you know, there's a protein and a healthy fat in there. Too much sugar, too much fruit will spike your blood sugar. You don't want that. The protein and healthy fat not only help for satiety and keeping you full, but they also help reduce any rise in blood sugar that you may experience. But my point is just, you know, maybe smoothies don't work for you in the winter. That's fine. Maybe they're a really great option for you, but you don't, you're not feeling in the winter. Now it's warmer whip out the Vitamix, whip out the protein powder, figure it out. There's different things we do different times of year. 
And again, it sounds stupid, but instead of waiting till halfway through summer to be like, oh my God, I love protein shakes. This is such a good option. Why don't I do it? Summer's now. Gets figured out now. Reflect on what works for you in the cold, what works for you, um, you know, with this longer days, more light. How can you change your schedule to accommodate the current season? And things that are going to allow you to just feel better, optimize your time. Maybe you get an extra workout in every week. Instead of working out three times a week, you can now get in that fourth workout. And it's fine if come winter, you need to go back down to three. But the point is, now summer, accommodate it. How can this work to your advantage? So this, I find, is really important and goes overlooked. It seems obvious, but it goes overlooked. And it's definitely a way to help you not compromise goals and to stay on track. Plan your routines for the current season and make changes as necessary. My next point for summer and staying on track is about intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. So definitely do not skip meals to save up. I talked about that actually in the holiday party episode from December. Like, oh, you have a big party. It's going to be unhealthy. It's going to be alcohol. It's going to be dessert. So I don't eat all day. People get there. They binge. They overeat. Do not do that. What I like about intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is it provides structure for people. So especially if you have like a long party weekend or like a long day at the beach plus then an after party, it can be helpful to say, okay, I woke up, I'm breaking my fast through this nutrient-dense breakfast, I'm hydrating, I'm planning on grilled protein and grilled veggies for lunch, plus I'll be having some frosé, maybe an Aperol spritz, obviously water, and then dinner will probably be some more barbecue, lots of veggies, but I'm going to be done by 8 p.m. No more food and drink past 8 p.m. It just helps you stay on track. You don't overdo it. Again, structure. Humans love structure. We like, some people like being told what to do, to do. They like rules. They like guidance. It just provides consistency and some predictability and also control. So if you can maintain some sort of routine while you're indulging, it's helpful because it also makes it easier to just get back on track after your party day or party weekend or whatever. And said differently, the less you deviate from your usual routine, the easier it is to get back on track. So if you are indulging, at least adhere to your usual structure with meals or cutoff times, whatever. I hope that makes sense. Um, It's not that I'm saying you have to intermittent fast and it's not that I'm saying you have to cut off food by a certain time. It's just if you know you have a long weekend of party ahead of you, for a lot of people, having a start and end time gives them the structure they need so that they don't overdo it and it can be helpful. Like for me personally, I fast 16 hours every day. So that's like that's probably the most popular one, like the 16-8. So you have an eight-hour eating window and you're fasting for 16 hours. I do a minimum 16-hour fast every day. You don't need to do that. I recommend fasting at least 12 hours between dinner and breakfast, longer if you can. Obviously, fasting is not for everyone. There are very specific disease states and like life stage states like pregnancy where it's totally inappropriate. Of course, use your judgment for you or if you know you're on a certain medication or whatever where you can't fast, don't do it. This is, you know, in general, I like giving the body time to reset and autophagy happens. That's why 16 hours is like the really big popular number. So autophagy, autophagy, like put really simply, it's just like your cells, cleaning your cells. So they get rid of dead cells. Cells that are like kind of tired and haggard can refuel and get rejuvenated. And it's just good for the body overall. So if you're not hitting 12 hours between breakfast and dinner, I'd say start there. If you want to try it for 13, you want to try 14, fine. I like the fasting. It helps me personally stay on track. I've also noticed a huge decrease in my appetite. And uh, I'm someone who likes that structure. 
the, the start time and the end time. And I find that works for me. And I especially find as well, that's just helpful even when I'm traveling for staying on track. So just another thing to keep in mind this summer while you're traveling, while you're playing, while you're partying, whatever. My next point for summer fun, we knew this was coming, alcohol. Now, it's not necessarily that you drink more in the summer. I think it's just there's more social scenarios and we tend to drink in social scenarios. So I always recommend clear liquors, um, Blanco tequila, vodka, gin. I definitely recommend those over darker liquors. Try to avoid sugary syrups or mixers. I'm a huge fan of the skinny, spicy margarita. Skinny, it's a kind of an obnoxious word, but it just means if you order a skinny margarita, it means they are not putting in the simple syrup or the agave. So it's less sugar, less calories. I always recommend too, like when you are drinking, if you're not drinking like a name, you know, like an apple spritz, a margarita, something like, oh, vodka soda, tequila soda, get lemon and lime, do club soda, get it on the rocks with fruit on the side, like keep it basic. I'm also, I find it very interesting. Sake goes overlooked. I'm a huge sake fan. It gives me the perfect buzz. I never have a hangover. I don't know. I, I just feel like sharing that. Don't overlook sake. Another big thing for summer is spiked seltzers or like the canned alcoholic beverages, which are like really having a moment right now. What I do like about them is they have a nutrition facts panel. You know exactly what's in there. You know exactly what you're getting. It's already portioned out for you. There, It's a decent amount of liquid with actually a lower alcohol content. So first of all, it's going to take you longer to drink, you know, a 12 ounce can of spiked seltzer than it is to have like a tequila soda or margarita which is like, I don't know, maybe eight ounces. Depends who makes it for you. But I think it's helpful that it's portioned. It tells you what's in it. You also know the alcohol content. And it is ten does tend to be more liquid. So it's going to slow down your drinking in general. So that's one note. Another note is people drink wine. Drier wines are lower in sugar. So 13% alcohol or less tends to be lower in sugar. In summer, especially, I recommend spritzers, a rosé spritzer, a white wine spritzer. So you're watering it down in a way. You're adding some seltzer. And this is going to slow down your alcohol consumption because technically you're watering it down. So again, another good option, especially if you're day drinking, especially if you're out in the sun. And obviously, I mean, this goes without saying, but you're having, you're going in hydrated and you're having water in between each beverage. Just saying that, adding that in. My last point I wanted to say with summer drinking and staying on track and summer routines. I'm going to talk about Aperol. So I love an Aperol spritz, that red, syrupy, digestive, aperitif. I, I think it's an aperitif, but whatever. It has around 11 grams of sugar per ounce. Kind of a lot. Keep that in mind. You know, when you have an Aperol spritz, it's not that you're like chugging Aperol. There's other things in the mix. You've got the club soda, you've got the Prosecco, but do, the, do keep in mind, if, if over a day you do end up having three or four Aperol spritzes, I mean, you're probably, at, you know, if someone's measuring it out, you're probably close to 40 grams of sugar just from the Aperol alone. So, you know, something that could, I'm not going to say work against you, but it's just something to keep in mind if you are trying to celebrate and have fun without compromising your goals. This, of course, because I just touched on alcohol, brings me to hydration. Obviously, my MVP, go in hydrated to any party especially if you're outside in the heat. Do not let it fall to the wayside, especially if you're drinking alcohol. Now's the time you need to hydrate even more than usual. Go back and listen to my alcohol series. Go back and listen to my first episode on hydration. 
don't forget the, the heat, the sun, we sweat, you require more water. I usually say aim for an extra 32 ounces if you're out in the sun all day, especially if you're drinking alcohol, you're dehydrating even faster. So that's something really to stay on top of and really to be cognizant of. And it will absolutely compromise goals and work against you if you're dehydrated. Another point I have here for summer fun and staying on track. Don't forget the veggies. Half a plate veggies. That's always the goal for lunch and dinner, especially breakfast. If you can work veggies in like a veggie scramble, do it. But I do understand it can be you know, less appealing to have half a plate of veggies first thing morning, like fine. But lunch and dinner, always half a plate of veggies. It's easy to go, you know, you're at a summer barbecue. It's easy to go right for the hamburgers, the hot dogs, chips, seven layer dip, all the summer favorites. Just be mindful of your veggie intake. Again, it's another thing I want to mention because it can easily fall to the wayside. Dip veggies into dips or guacamole instead of chips. Grill veggies when you're grilling burgers, fish, hot dogs, whatever. I love grilled mushrooms. I love grilled peppers. I love grilled zucchini. Add those on the grill. Also, summer produce. I mean, berry season is here. Blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, stone fruit, peaches and plums, hydrating melons, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew. There's also hydrating veggies, celery, cucumber, tomatoes. These are all in season. So it's always ideal to be eating what's in season. And of course, eat the rainbow. So you're getting all the antioxidants from all the different colors but that's something to keep in mind too. Um, you know, it, it goes along with veggies. Veggies fall to the wayside. Don't forget summer produce. It makes it kind of fun, especially because like you don't really have peaches all year round. You you can get berries all year round, but like they're going to be best when they're in season, which is now. So just be mindful of your choices and that it's summer and what's actually in season right now. My final point for this episode is remembering your blood sugar levels. So by that, it's important to mention because this is all year round. This is all the time you want stable blood sugar levels. And I find in the summer, you know, we're having more cold sweet treats. That's going to spike your blood sugar. You want to be mindful. We want to avoid the spikes and the dips, aka the blood sugar roller coaster that often comes with high carb, high sugar, and treats. We want stability. So this is just your gentle reminder, protein, fiber, healthy fats. These are what help induce satiety. And they also will stabilize your blood sugar levels and help reduce the spikes that simple sugars have on them. So if you're having ice cream or froyo or sugary frozen drink, try to do that after you have your protein, fiber, and healthy fats, because that's already going to slow the rise in your blood sugar. So that way it's not spiking as much when you have the sugary treats. Um, and this is also where I mentioned one of my all-time favorites, apple cider vinegar. So Definitely talked about apple cider vinegar before. It's known to help stabilize blood sugar levels, reduce cravings, decrease appetite. It contains polyphenols, and it's actually good for the gut if you get it unfiltered. So, for example, I buy Bragg's unfiltered apple cider vinegar, and it says on it, it contains, in quotes, the mother. So the mother refers to a mixture of yeast and bacteria that comes out of the fermentation process of making apple cider vinegar. It may look like a cloudy substance, and it will like settle on the bottom. It's removed in the filtration process. That's why we buy it unfiltered. But this is good for the gut. It's good for blood sugar levels. I personally have it all day long. I find it keeps me on track all year long, but especially if I know I'm going to a party with temptations, the blood glucose control I get from apple cider vinegar helps me stay on track, helps me be, I'm not gonna say less interested, but definitely less likely to experience cravings and less likely to be like, oh, the dessert table, I have to have five desserts. Like, definitely don't need that. Uh, well, 
most people know they don't need that. But the point is, I find apple cider vinegar to be something that helps me keep on track because it does help stabilize those blood sugar levels. It's also good if you're making that extra effort to hydrate. If you don't love plain water, try one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar per eight ounces of water. And again, this can be any time of day. If you specifically are using it to help stabilize blood sugar levels and reduce the spike, I'd say drink one tablespoon and eight ounces of water around 30 minutes before you're going to eat. I'm someone who drinks it all day long. So my water all day long that I'm drinking has apple cider vinegar in it. You can do that as well, but not everyone loves apple cider vinegar the way I do. And I totally understand and respect that. So yeah, it's just something to keep in mind, especially if you are someone who finds you do experience cravings or you are someone who can kind of like go off book when you're at an overwhelming barbecue and there's like the huge table, everyone brings something, you know, like it's hard. I I get it and everything looks good and it's like summer fun, but allow yourself that one little indulgence and build your plate to be in line with your goals and values and keep you on track. Also, again, staying hydrated is going to help you with that. Keeps you fuller for longer helps you avoid fatigue, helps you just stay energized, which I know sounds silly, but it's true. We're much less likely to reach for junk and nonsense when we're, our energy is optimal. Because when you're fatigued and you're tired, the body's craving quick energy and oftentimes reach, reaches for quick carbs or whatever's available. It's not necessarily the healthiest. So yeah, it's a culmination. That's why I listed all these things. Um, some may resonate with you more than others, but the point is doing the best you can to stay on track. What The most important thing is really figuring out where you tend to fall off track and focusing on that and what helps you stay on track in that regard. And of course, that's going to be different for everyone. So I hope everyone had an amazing Memorial Day weekend and that you're hydrated and you're ready to just blow the roof off this summer because I know I am. And that's it. I don't know if I should say stay regular. I said that last week. I, I don't know if that's like the best sign off. I'm still I'm still mulling it over. I kind of loved it. But I, now now to say it, I'm like, is this really relevant? Because I didn't talk as much about constipation and shit talk this week. But stay, stay hydrated, stay regular. And everyone have an amazing